Hello and welcome to the Ross Allen Luke Show. We're Aussie blokes, we're dads, and we're entrepreneurs. Between us, we've made a lot of mistakes and learned a few things about life, love, relationships, and business. And we're here to share those with you. You may get three different perspectives, or you may get one universal agreement. But whatever you take away from today, you can be guaranteed we enjoyed delivering it to you. And uh, Al, welcome. Guaranteed. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Enjoying Melbourne's finest up and down and sideways winter. Yes, it's certainly been an interesting one. We've had a few straight weeks of some pretty full-on weather with lots of um, storms, wind and rain and whatever it can throw at us, really. Um, I believe we've even had some snow during that time, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Flakes were falling down on the peninsula a week or two ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, um... Uh, I don't, you, the listeners can probably hear my voice a bit croaky today, uh, but uh, th- other than that, I'm uh, I'm doing fantastically well. Um, one of the one of the pleasures of having uh, little kids at home with the cough over you all day long. Uh, now I've, I actually want to start with some correspondence we've got here. Uh, David has uh, has written into us, and uh, I'd love to just read what he's what he's written here because he's written quite a lot. So let's just uh, read that out. Hi Ross, I hope all is well. I have been catching up with your podcast and really enjoying them. Great work. When listening to Alistair referring to the transport here in the UK slash London and people's punctuality slash lateness for work, he is spot on and tell him that nothing has changed. Uh, I remember being over there myself and uh, the attitude towards work was an interesting one. <laughs> Uh, a little snow and and boom, rail networks come to a halt. And in fact, when it does snow, schools get cancelled. I have friends in Finland and across other parts of Scandinavia that just go, what? A little snow and school gets cancelled? Lol. <clears throat> but in general, work punctuality in London is something totally different to back in Oz. It is 100% common to be late for work and just blame the tube network or public transport issues. It is just a given not to be on time. That is the normal way of working and accepted in the culture here. I am late myself when working in London. Even if you are late to a meeting in the morning, your boss will not get upset with you. And this is across industries as well, mind you, not just mine. Some of the funniest ones I have come across relate to train drivers and air line pilots. I'm serious. I have had many a time with the train standing still at a station and the announcement, sorry for the delay, but we are waiting for the driver to arrive as he is running late. 10 to 15 minutes later, he or she arrives and off we go. People just do not care and put up with it. So strange. When I listen to you guys talk about being late for work, over here in the UK is a totally different ball game and culture when it comes to punctuality. And clients are even wor- worse. Late for screenings, late for meetings. It is just part of life here and no one bats an eyelid over it. I was just thinking as I was reading that with my nasally voice, you might want to read the second half. <laughs> okay. Not torture our, uh, our listeners through it. And your voice. Mm. Okay. One other part of the culture here which still really surprises me is the drinking culture and the effects on health and subsequent work productivity. 
It is common with a few staff members I work with to consume a lot of alcohol on weekends and after work. They come into the office often late, being hungover, and a lot phone and sick as a result of their drinking and being hungover. The staff members make it quite open and do not hide the fact they had a big weekend and feeling run down today because they drank too much, and managers just allow it. Everyone knows they are off sick due to drinking too much, and it is kind of acceptable, which I find completely outrageous. It means the rest of us have to cover their work, which is okay in a way, but I just find it odd that managers are completely aware of this and just shrug their shoulders and let it slide. I've spoken with a few people, not from the UK, a German guy and a Chinese girl, and they cannot believe managers just allow this to be part of the way, uh, part of, the way of life working in the UK. What are your thoughts? We'll, we'll come back to that in a minute, yeah? Ooh. Do you guys allow this to happen openly? I cannot remember what it was like back home, as it has been a while since I worked in Oz, but I do not remember this being acceptable in the workplace, being off sick as a result of overindulgence. Even going back to punctuality, people openly say, running late guys, as I had a massive night out, so we'll be late this morning, and they do that via email, of course. Anyway, just wanted to share this with you guys. Keep up the great podcasts. Best regards, David. Thank you very much, David. Yeah, that's thanks, a, man. Yeah, that's a really uh, awesome letter. And there's so much in there that, that, you know, we could talk about the differences, you know, from my own experiences being over there and uh, obviously experiences here in Australia. Um, you mentioned there's something you wanted to turn back, come back to as well. Well, so we asked, what you know, what, what are our thoughts? And it's, look, I think we get to make it up. I think we get to make up what it means, if it means anything. And... Mm-hmm. It is interesting to me because, I, yeah, I, I reckon there is a a bigger drinking culture in the UK if, if there is such a thing as a yeah. bigger one. And, and, you know, growing up here, yes, you know, as soon as you can. Uh, and back in the 80s, it was uh, well before 18, head into the bottle shop, get yourself a slab of Vic or whatever it is and, you know, just get sozzled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, that wasn't every day or every week, you know, as, as a teen, that was uh, probably every month or few months um maybe you're doing it wrong maybe maybe (laughs) maybe i've got something to catch up on now having said that i'm aware i worked in pubs for a while in in melbourne and i'm aware that there are people who start work early knock off work you know earlier than the the nine to five and and they go straight to the pub and they'll sit there for a couple of hours and um and they'll just drink their beer chat with the people it's a bit like cheers Mm -hmm. the old american show um However, again, it's not the culture. No. And I, and I must... But that was my culture when I was in the UK. Well, that's right. So UK, that's that... Mm. When I was working in the UK for, for 12 months, um, in fact, more London than... Well, I was in Edinburgh and London. More London mm. than Edinburgh. Oh, okay. So when I was over there working, I was just in London. Yeah, well, London, yeah. It was... It was and it wasn't, let's have a beer. It was pints after work. <laughs> you know, it's how yeah. many pints are you going to drink? Yeah. Well, for, for myself... Um, Literally, when I when I was there, I was literally like, if I wasn't at work, I was at the pub. Yeah, that were the two places you'd find me. Yeah, and, and in fact, the place that I was working, the second interview was done at the pub. <laughs> like interview number one was done at the office. Right. Interview number two was done at the pub. Right. Because uh, if you weren't a drinker, you weren't going to fit in with the culture. Right. Which was which was fascinating, and and uh, I unfortunately didn't get a second interview. They hired me after the first one. I think that's because I was an Aussie. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, or either that they knew they could tell I was a drinker. So. Um, so I only got one interview and I got hired, but uh, and then when I found out I'd missed out on my second interview at the pub, I got upset with them. 
But you would have had every night after work at the pub, so it would have been all right, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's right. And lunchtime. We used to, we used right. to spend an hour and a half at lunch down right. the pub. Right. Uh, and we'd come back to work after, you know, several pints. And um, and I'm sure that our productivity was pretty low in the afternoon for a couple of hours until that wore off. I must admit, I I was way too tight. I was saving. So for me, I'd uh, I'd have a lunch of baked beans cooked in the uh, cooked in the microwave mm-hmm. at uh, Suffolk City Council, Bermondsey, mm-hmm. <laughs> or Bermondsey, as they would say. Um, and I did that for months. <laughs> but I, there was another thing you sort of you sort of touched on there, which is they hired you after the first interview because you're an Aussie. Mm. And that was also my experience. And I, and I think that addresses directly what David was talking about, that my, you know, again, working at the council, now this is a, you know, council run by mm. a, 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 a council, a, a council office. So, um, you know, part of what, what over here we'd call bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, they were bureaucratic. Yes. But, we, I was in a section where we were looking after the elderly and disabled and that sort of thing in their housing. Okay. Yep. So there was a, uh, you know, there was a real sort of care in that office for people. So I, I felt like I was working somewhere normal, if you like. But absolutely, they kept talking to me about how Aussies, you know, work so hard, much yeah. harder, and and you know, and 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 also why are you here? You know, we want to be over there, and yeah. <laughs> and um, it's funny, I. I I had I hadn't really gone over with preconceptions. You know, a lot of there's a lot of preconceptions. Yeah, well, I actually thought that we were we didn't have a good work ethic. I thought we were pretty slack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I, I'm with you. And um, see, I I don't know. I reckon if people are getting on the tube at six thirty in the morning to be at work, and then mm. you know another hour or two. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, they're doing a t- ten to twelve hour day. That's hard work. <laughs> well, the hardest thing for me was the lack of sun. Right. Like, I also worked in the council for a, a short stint. I think I did about six weeks there. Um, I was just running a... I was brought in uh, as part of a small team, just dealing with... Not... wasn't wasn't voting, but we were, we were looking at, like, voting slips. But I think it was to do with parking. I can't remember what it was about. It was, you know, many years ago now. But there was something we were kind of counting them and... and, and uh, and sorting them and I was I was the team manager for that team and and I, the hardest thing I found was turning up there during winter at 9 o'clock in the morning and it was dark mm. I'd leave there at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and it was dark mm. like the, the only sunlight I got was going out during lunchtime and mm. hardly anyone went out mm. so if they're not seeing any sun where are they getting their vitamin D which is their happy drug mm. you know vitamin D is one of the things that makes us happy naturally mm. So to not have any of that, not get any of that um, natural energy from the sun, mm. and there's no surprise that people are miserable over there. You know, you're, you're on the tube, and you know, no one wants to talk to anyone, no one wants to look at anyone. Someone sneezes, and I'd say, "Bless you," and they look at me like I was going to stab them or something. Really weird experience, especially during winter. Winter was when it was most obvious. Yeah, and and it's funny though when you say that because I remember in July when it was twenty three degrees and you know there were a whole lot of people taking half their clothes off out in the parks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> sunbaking, you know. Yeah. Um, and it did feel warm after <laughs> after winter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the temperature there doesn't need to get as high. No. Um, to to feel that warm. And London was really balmy, the uh, mm. balmy muggy. You know, yeah, all yeah. the all the water would evaporate as soon as it got warm yeah, out of the yeah. Thames, and geez, it would it would be quite quite muggy actually. Mm. Um, so yeah, look, it's you're right. There's so much to to sort of look at there, and I guess 
um, you, you know, you touched on some of the environmental factors. Mm. And it's interesting that he mentions Finland, for instance, because mm. <laughs> their environment's well, I know, know way out there. where they ski to school. Right. That's how they get to school. They ski, right. um, you know, on snow. Right. It's not, hey, there's a bit of snow and it stops. No, that's how we get to school every day. Right. Uh, so, you know, the, their world doesn't stop when it snows. No. And, and I, you know, I've looked at Scandinavia only a little bit because um, I, I have a interest. I wouldn't say I'm committed to it just yet, but I have an interest in why does a country as wealthy as Australia, arguably the wealthiest in the world, if not one of them, um, how do we have people living on the streets? How do we have homelessness? And so I've looked at Scandinavia. So I, I think there's a choice involved there. Maybe, I've maybe. look at that. Let's and, talk about it another time. Yeah, sure. That's but the thing about Scandinavia, thing, yeah. I just looked and I thought, well, it's such a harsh environment. Mm-hmm. Like, you do that and they are dead. You yeah, just can't do right. that. Yeah. That is not human. Yes, absolutely. It's not humane. So here it's like we can turn a blind eye because yeah. it can work. Yeah. But it just can't work there. Yeah. yeah. And so... The it, horrific thing that happens to people, they need to make that choice, though. That's, I think, where Oh, I get that. Is, yeah. I get that. I get that. And, and, and so they can't make that choice because they'll die. Yeah. It's, it's a real death choice. But, but I mean, I just look at that and I look at everything and I say, well, okay, yeah, so that, that more extreme mm. of weather means that these all of these cultures have learned to adapt thousands of years ago, you know, before mm. there was any, <laughs> any power... Um, yeah. to just make it work. Interesting. I, I, that would suggest to me that their um, their community would be much stronger. Just yeah. as, as a as a you know as a group of people. Yeah. Like there's a big thing that's lacking here in Australia is is community. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's getting worse and worse as we get bigger and bigger houses, and we see less and less of each other. You know, keeping up with the Joneses is probably one of the worst things we've ever done for ourselves. Um, you know the the way that we we now separate into you know everybody goes into their own rooms um, you know the kids are on their on their devices not really talking to anyone the communication is very different and you know there's no sense of community mm. let alone with your your neighbor or someone down mm. the street or someone you don't even know whereas in a place like that I would imagine that you would know the perils of not having a strong community. Mm. Therefore, you would naturally want to create that for everybody around you. Mm. Therefore, if you're ever in trouble, you know, your car breaks down and you're in the snow at night, that's a problem. Yep. Whereas your car breaks down here at night, well, you just lay down and have a nap. <laughs> well, I, you touched on another thing there. You know, So is the, is the pub culture the British version or the London version, whichever it is, of community. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say it is because it's pretty cold there too. Yeah. So, you know, what do they do? They all go to go to the pub and, and you know, that's their place for community. Um, there's, there's a lot of drink assumed though, consumed as a result of that, which, you know, can't be a good thing. Uh, I guess it keeps the uh, the cogs turning, though. But now, see, so you just prompted... I, I, I always like to... Because I can now, I always like to have a quick look at what's the reality. So let's uh, let's have a look at, say, um, per capita alcohol intake. Yeah? Let's just see what, what the stats say. Mm. It is interesting. There you go, list countries by alcohol consumption. I ain't the first person to look at this. No, no, no. World Health Organization. So, look, obviously stats are stats. However, let's let's just take this as it'll do. 
This yep. is a list of countries by alcohol consumption measuring equivalent liters of pure alcohol consumed per capita per year. Yeah, so there's interesting things about the types of alcohol on in different countries. Yep. Like some countries, are, you know, do massive in one type and, and others in others. Good news is they have, they have that too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Ross, it's just you and me today. We'll, yep. we'll, uh, we'll sort out Luke another time, but I'd like to hazard a guess mm-hmm. what's, what's, you know, what's in the top top five, top ten, whatever. Uh, yeah, let me see how good my memory is. Um, probably not very good because um, I've been doing a lot of drinking when I was younger. <laughs> but uh, um, there is one of those countries like Scandinavia. There's one of there's one of those like Finland or Scandinavia somewhere around there. Not not even in the top fifteen, mate. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I, I would say Australia is one of the top ones. Not even in the top fifteen. No, UK. No, none of the ones we've been talking so about. So this is why I wanted to look at it because I thought, yeah. are we are we making Iceland? shit up or is this no, real? Iceland's not big drinkers, are they? Apparently, they're mad in a really cool way. Russians. Okay, now we're getting warm. Yeah. The top, so Belarus. Belarus. Okay. So that's that's Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yep. Moldova. I actually can't place where that is. I heard of it, I but is that Eastern Europe as well? Yeah. M O L D O V A. Nah, Moldova. Moldova. Oh, well, if I, but it'll be if I press the link, it'll tell me. Okay. Uh, Romanian. There you go. Yeah. Eastern yeah. Europe. Lithuania. Eastern okay. Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Russia. Yeah. The center of Eastern Europe. I know that's illogical, but you get my drift. Ukraine. Eastern Europe. Andorra. First one we read out of Eastern Europe. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's central, central or western. Let's see. Yeah. So yeah, so they speak Catalan. So that's somewhere close to Spain, by the looks of it. Yeah, I got a feeling that's a tiny little country. Yeah, it is. Yeah, between so, Spain and Italy. One thing's for sure: our geography sucks. Hungary, Eastern Europe, Czech Republic, Eastern Europe, Slovakia, Eastern Europe. But yeah, so yeah, it's actually, so Andorra is an anomaly, really, because this is a tiny place. Exactly, they probably came from Eastern Europe. <laughs> Portugal, number eleven. Right. So the okay. first fully fledged Western yeah. kind of European. Serbia, Eastern. Grenada. So now that's that's another Spanish, but that's kind of in an island, isn't it? Grenada. Don't know. All right. Yeah. Okay. So oh, we're going to keep going until we find the ones we're talking about, right? Okay. The royal anthem is God Save the Queen. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I don't understand this map. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, so there's one in Spain, but that ain't it. Yeah, so it's Caribbean. Okay. Granada. So. Visitors. Maybe. And again, sm- small place. Yeah. Poland, Eastern Europe, Latvia. Poland, yeah. Latvia, Eastern Europe. Yeah. 16 is Finland. So 11 Portugal, 16 Finland. So we're just... Yeah, okay. Then South Korea. See, now, again, yeah. my understanding yeah. is the South Koreans are berserk. Mm. Like for them, it is abs- it's absolutely mandatory to prove who you are mm. by going out and, and, and drinking to ridiculous success every mm. night. Mm. All yeah, right. I did that. I would have fitted in well. Yeah, maybe you got some South Korean blood. France, eighteen, and then Australia is number nineteen. 
okay. So we have pipped the any of the the uh, UK or and then Ireland is twenty one. Yep. Uh, United Kingdom twenty five. Yep. And in fact, Germany's ahead. Yep. So Germany drink more Germany's. and have better trains. How about that? <laughs> Maybe now, that's the secret. <laughs> so, um. Oh, and they've got recorded consumption and unrecorded consumption. How the hell does that work? Uh, so it could be high in America where they got a lot of moonshine. Could be. So Belarus, uh, nearly half his spirits. Yeah. Moldova, more than half his spirits. Lithuania, thirty-four percent spirits. Russia, half spirits. Then Romania was only twenty percent spirits, fifty percent beer. Okay, that's interesting. So the mix because there's, yeah. there's a lot of. Uh, you know, with the the Russians love their vodka. Um, it's a big thing over there, um, especially on the. You know, I believe it's they like it because it's you know the cold weather and also what they've got access to to make um, to be able to make their uh, their alcohol. I think every culture makes a spirit out of their mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> their main staple crop, yeah. don't they? Yeah. So but we do a lot of beer here, though. Yeah, we it do. It is a big thing in this country. We would we would have got that from the UK, though. Quite, quite possibly. Yeah, it's a big thing there as well. Though they like theirs warm. Well, so again, I mean, as you said, we can just keep going with all this. So, so there's another point, right? And and it came up for me before, and I guess now you've just brought it up, really, and that is that generally in Australia we do drink it effectively the half pint, mm-hmm. um, or a schooner, which is between a half pint and a pint. Yeah. Um, because it is a warmer climate. Now, you go to Queensland, and I don't know if it's a stretch to say that mid-strength beer is the norm, but mm. mid-strength beer is very common there. Okay. So, much warmer client, climate, mm. mid-strength beer, that implies there's a lot more drunk. However, there's a choice made to, 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 to lower the, uh, the alcohol intake. Their standard... Um, size there is bigger. I think they use this do the schooner or something. Ah, uh, no. So Queensland, like yeah, New South Wales is the default is schooner. Right, okay. But of course, schooners and, and pints are becoming the norm here now. Yeah. So don't worry, David. We're catching up. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the other things that was that was mentioned in there about um, about the work ethic, I and I'm not sure if I've told this story, but it's you know it always it always still fascinates me today. Um, that place I was I was working with the council. Um, there was a you know a young girl working there, and um, I remember on a on a Friday she, uh, I looked over and her she was sitting there doing her makeup, but her computer was turned off, her keyboard was propped up out of the way, and everything was clear, so she had desk space to do her makeup and prepare. And I'm like, that's a really weird thing. It's four o'clock. It's an hour before we knock off, and she's clearly already knocked off. Now, I thought, oh, maybe it's just a special occasion. Um, she's going out or something, and you know, so I didn't think too much of it. But then, she was doing it every day. It became a standard ritual. An hour before work would be finished, she'd be packed up. Not packing up, she'd be packed up uh, and doing her makeup or whatever. And then there were times where she would you know, stop two hours beforehand. Now, obviously, the, the manager never said anything. Um, and uh, there's a thing called the unwritten rule. You know, once, you, once something happens... If no one says anything about it, that's now the rule. Adverse possession type. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so the moment that she's like, you know, taken an hour off and no one said anything, that's now the new rule. She can take an hour off. Yeah. Well. And so, uh, you know, how far that would have gone if other people had started doing it and the office was all taking an hour off, who knows? 
Um, but yeah, that's one thing to be aware of if you're uh, if you're in a um, any kind of position or authority, whether it's your own business, whether you're a team leader, know that the moment, uh, and even if you're not, um, because the moment someone does something and nothing is said about it, that's now the new rule. Well, actually, um, even the laws here do allow for implied contracts. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Which, which is a is a is a is a, I guess a legal version of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So now it's interesting because you touched on the other point there of of managers not doing or saying anything about it, mm. considering it acceptable. So you know, is it a perception or or are people in the UK generally backward in coming forward about anything? Uh, <laughs> anything. That's a that's a big statement. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I thought I'd I thought I'd aim low. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we can build from there. Look, I don't. I don't. Obviously, different places have their own cultures. There's, there's no two ways about that. Um, not just countries, but also you know, organisations and um, groups, communities. Everywhere's got their own culture and, and and what that means, what they'll put up with, what they won't put up with. But the moment that something starts to happen, I mean, the the, you, you, the, the culture that we're kind of been talking about. Uh, and also mentioned in, in this list that they just kind of put up with stuff like queuing. Yeah. Like queuing over there is crazy. There's, yeah. there's queues everywhere and they keep talking about it. And there even a show came out many years ago called No Service Please, We're British. That was the title. And they, they went to hotels that were just appalling. And and But when you do a show like that, mm. with that kind of title, mm. whether it's... Um, whether it's yet the real thing, even the people that don't watch it are still kind of somehow buying into that idea of no service, please, we're British. Mm. So when, a, when a, a country puts out a show like that about themselves, mm. they're deepening that hole that they're, that they're potentially in about, you know, hey, it's okay not to have service. Look at how bad it is. Look so at what, this. So what the hell does neighbours say about us? Um, I've, I don't know and watching what happened to I, I, don't, you know, I don't even know if Neighbours I assume it's still on I don't know same it, it's still on I don't know either I, don't I, know. I, I yeah, presume okay. it's still on so there's, there was the other one um, Home and Away yeah yeah so Home and Away is still going um, I've seen some ads for that occasionally um, I don't really watch TV so that's why I don't know if things are on but um, I have seen some ads for that one and the ads are not the kids show that I once saw you know, there's cars blowing up, there's people getting murdered, there's all sorts of horrendous things. And I'm like, that is not the kids' show that I used to watch. Uh, very, very different. You're moving to another topic again now. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, so, well, have we, have, we, have we sort of touched on everything that was in that message? Yeah, I guess so. The, the other thing that I kind of that was highlighted for me was about the drinking, though, and just look, yeah. not turning up. You know, yeah. say I've been drinking, not turn up. Like, yeah. um, and, and that's acceptable. But once again, the unwritten rule, once one person does it um, and it's okay, the next person does it and it's okay. But if you've got a big drinking culture, it's almost like a like a statement of pride rather than, hey, no, yeah. you've done the wrong thing. You're not allowed to turn up to like work. It's like, no, hey, well done. You know, you've drunk too much and you can't make it to work. On the other hand, it's it's kind of more authentic than... What, what I experienced in Australia where people chuck a sickie like at least yeah. they're being honest about why they're not coming to work yeah instead of pretending to be sick yeah well it could really be anything they may not have been out that night they could be going getting ready for their night out then but yeah could be it's yeah. it, 
and and it's this isn't about better or worse. However, there there appears to have been a reinforcement. It's just better, you know. Just be straight about it. You don't have to mm. bullshit. Just be straight about it, and there's no there'll be no consequence anyway. So, mm. yeah. And I and I and I feel like oh, actually I'm certain <laughs> that we've got a better shot at a quality of life if we're straight about things. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think once we start to feel that we've got to be dodgy, evasive, whatever about anything, then we kind of build our life on that behaviour. Absolutely, and that doesn't work. Absolutely, we, we we kind of create what I was talking about there with the unwritten rules for ourselves. Right, and we do the same thing. I remember as a kid that you know I I never did my homework, and and I got into a, a ritual of every day I would embellish what had actually happened to create a plausible reason for me not to have done my homework and because I'd never done it like literally it was every single day so you know five days a week you know four weeks in a month however many months a year we're at school um, I had a brand new excuse for why my homework wasn't done um, I was a master at it which and, it, and none of it was a lie it was an embellishment <laughs> of the reality so hey 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 is that what you thought then or is that what you think now that's what I thought then a lie is a lie is a lie <laughs> So, well, so one thing I guess to understand is for someone who's doing that, we don't we don't think of ourselves as liars. No. No matter what we say, no matter what we do, that's right. No matter how real and authentic it is, we do not consider ourselves liars. No. Therefore, we we will manipulate our. This is not not intentional as well, but we will subconsciously manipulate our memories and yep. beliefs and everything else to fit the story yep. um, of what happened. Because um, when we can't reconcile it, it gets ugly. Yeah, so now I'm an awful dodger, mate. Just duck and weave. Mm-hmm. Be evasive. Yeah. Because then I'm not lying. I'm just not saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it could, it could be something for me back then, you know. Um, what's a common one? You know, the dog ate my homework, right? So... Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe the dog got in the house. Oh, the dog got in the house and ate my homework. You know, um, and but the the real bit was the dog got in the house, and you know maybe it chewed up some paper. Well, see now now my partner has a dog, mm. and I've seen the things it eats. It is actually feasible now. Now that I see, it's feasible that a dog could. Eat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. See, I didn't before. I just thought it was just crazy, but now I can see the feasibility of that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, in fact. Well, the way I deal with that is I'd actually get my book and feed it to my dog and then take it in and show the teacher that the dog ate my homework. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's too much effort. I could have just done my homework. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Well, I had to come up with it on the way to school because that was when I realized I hadn't done my homework. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so I, was... I wasn't making, putting in effort to intentionally okay. have things set up to have to talk, take the teacher. That you know, that was not the, the model that I was running. I had the great fortune of, of just having enough ability i found that up until the end of year 10 school was quite gamified mm-hmm. and and that's the way my brain seems to work so mm-hmm. i i floated through i remember i remember at least one teacher telling people oh don't believe those people who say they don't do their homework they're just lying and i'm sitting there thinking no no i don't do my homework <laughs> come year 11 i was up shit creek mm-hmm. um because i did math science and all of a sudden there's a whole lot of stuff to understand yeah and Chemistry was easy. That was my best subject in year twelve. It was easy because okay. it was it was just still still just memory, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was some formula, whatever. But that was that all f- again fitted my my 
version of logic physics became a lot more challenging maths b which is pure maths much yeah. more challenging and i just started to really struggle with that stuff yeah i found the maths like fortunately for me i found maths the easy one um you know i had um i did double maths uh, i'd been watching my brother do his maths you know he was two years older than me so my maths was always two years ahead and even that was you know it was easy for me so uh, so when i got to year 12 i just used my maths class to do my english homework because english was after maths so i'd sit in maths i wouldn't do any maths i'd just you know um do that and then hand that on and i still managed to pick up enough while doing my english homework to to get through um in fact i remember one exam i did the only study i did before the exam was literally for 30 minutes waiting for the doors to open i had my book with me and i read through it i read three there were four questions at the beginning of that that uh that chapter that i was reading i read the first three and then i ran out of time to do the fourth one those four were the four on the exam Hmm. so i blitzed the first three of them (laughs) and the fourth one i did okay on so that was was a very valuable 30 minutes of study yeah that's well that's the way to do it (laughs) so i i'm sure we're we're close to the end of time now um however i i wonder for maybe a future for future consideration i wonder what the link is between how we prepare ourselves at school to how we prepare ourselves in life ongoing. It's the same. Hmm. Do you want to talk about that in the next episode? Okay. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, David, for, um, for, you know, spending that much time yes. writing to us. That's, you know, that was a very um, generous, uh, generous letter. So thank you again very much. And it's given us a lot to talk about today. And it's brilliant look- hearing from you, mate. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, we look forward to, uh, to hearing from uh, from other listeners as we continue on. Thank you all very much, and we look forward to seeing you on the next. Oi. And just on that, if if, if if we're not getting others, David, can you just send a message in from a different email address with a different name, so we, <laughs> so we can pretend we've got lots of people writing to us. E- either way, <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. This has been Ross Pepper, Alistair McDonald, and Luke Farrar for the Ross L and Luke Show. If you wish to get in contact with us regarding the show, please reach out to us via email on rosslluke at gmail.com. To discover more about myself, Ross Pepper, please visit my website, rosspepper.com. To check out L and discover what he can do for your team, please visit his website, alistairmcdonald.com.au. And if you're ready for an awesome sign for your business, be sure to visit luke at lfsigns.com.au. You have been listening to the Ross Allen Luke Show. Thanks for listening and have a spectacular day.